Colonel Steve Austin, the six million dollar man. Urgent! Your mission is to capture the spy. Quick, into the rocket! And Kenner's six million dollar man bionic transport and repair station. Switch rockets to full power. Hey, something's wrong. The rocket's crashing. Colonel Steve Austin's hurt. Get him into the repair station. We'll have to check him out. Yeah, we can rebuild him. Check all bionic systems. Arm readout faulty. Replace modules. Any head injuries? No damage here. Steve's computer readout a-okay. Operations a success. Check bionic eye. A-okay. Let's test his strength. Can he lift the engine block? Did it. Let's get the spot. There he is. I see him. I surrender. New bionic transport and repair station sold separately. The six million dollar man, new from Kenner. We're back again. We're always back. We're back, and we're better than ever. We're, this time, we mean business. We've celebrated our one-year anniversary. Yep, with an epic Batman cast. Epic. You're probably still listening to that. <laughs> you had to stop it. Because uh, other casts have come out since then. We did seventeen weeks of horror. Uh, we did a massive October month of horror, Halloween. Extravaganza spectacular. Yeah, we we oversaturated the market. Yeah, yeah. And now we're back and to our regular schedule. Yeah, we've lost half our listeners. <laughs> listeners, <laughs> I can't keep up. With these guys are just ridiculous. I know every other podcast does one once a week. Yeah. These guys are too much. Uh, it's 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 tough because uh, I do a podcast over at Podwits and we do it once a week, but it's different because there's not nearly as much going into that is this in the sense where yeah, we have yeah. to do a freaking sleepover we have to find time that we both get to watch a movie over we have a, a movies to watch we, we have, have to, to eat buckets of pizza <laughs> and and then we have to do a full we have to it's true i mean i think the fact that we have to watch schedules permitting you know that's part of it and then we have to watch a movie yeah and then there's like you know believe it or not as much as like we do know you know more than the average joe about sleepover movies we still have to do some research we do yeah because we have no notes it's all it's all <laughs> up in our head no that's a lie no we, and we have all these a lot of it is pas we have all these pas and script runners helping you know, us find stuff and and to our credit you know there is a lot of stuff trapped in the because we know a lot of nothing on the hard drive a lot of bullshit see i i always say that i have a, a card catalog system up here i never went over to digital so that's why I, i'm you know, I always I forget stuff because I lose the card cattle. It falls between the cracks, <laughs> and then I'll I'll pick it up and try to figure out where it goes, or I'll miss cat. I'll put it back in some other place. So then I'll say I'll say a lot of you know Halloween, a lot of the Halloween two cast last time. That yeah, was, that was, that was that. all at the top of your head. That was loud as I was coming yeah. out of the old memory, yeah. the old memory banks. I was writing big cue cards a, for you. I made a I might have written things down just so I wouldn't forget to mention them. Yeah. Of course, of course. Well, welcome back. We're, welcome back. We're welcome back. back. We're back again. Uh, I am Dion Baya. I am Jay Blake. And this is Saturday Night <laughs> Movie <laughs> Sleepovers. Coming at you from New York. New York. New York City. We're here again. We're back. 
late, late Saturday it's, it's night. It's so late. Uh, Look it was sun. Sun's, yes, sun streaming in this window. It's beautiful. Sun's coming out. It's 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 still like it's orange out. Yeah, and the blue. birds. Blue, the birds are already up. Chirping. Chirping away. We're got the uh, percolator percolating. Yeah, we have the Mr. Coffee going in the background. <laughs> we got some cups uh, cups of coffee here, and um, we're doing a, a an, another interesting pick. We tried to to, to to segue away from Halloween, but we're we're come to realize we're kind of doing like a creature feature. We're doing a little bit, you know, but it's not a horror movie. No, it's not a horror movie. No, it's, it's not. As far from a horror movie as you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's actually yeah. I hadn't seen this movie since I seen it. Since <laughs> seen it in 1987, I probably saw it when it came on video, and that was the last time I saw it. I remember the first time I saw it. There used to be a time, I believe. There's a few movies I remember seeing. There was a time where my my aunt, my mother's sister, uh, they owned a VCR, mm. and occasionally, um, my mom, because my mom was a single mother, I have to spend a lot of time at my grandparents' house, and then there would be also be times where I would spend the day at my aunt's house. She would kind of babysit, and she would take me to the video store, or her kids or or husband or whatever uh, my uncle they would rent movies and I would watch what they rented you know the night before before she takes them back but she would take me to the video store and I would pick out a movie and uh, I one day I bucked out Harry, Harry and the Hendersons I watched Harry and the Hendersons I remember that's I, what we're doing by the way this week yeah Harry and the Hendersons <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons yeah yeah uh, I also watched uh, Garbage Pail Kids in the movie that way. I've never seen that movie. Which, so you mean you watched it with your, your, your... I don't think she watched it with me. I think oh. she just rented it. That's that's really interesting for the parent who takes you to... Although, Although you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if my mom would have maybe watched it with me. But I think she just watched it. And I saw it like in the like, basement. What's the shit they you're had, watching They had here. like a, you know, a f- furnished basement, like oh. made over basement yeah, with yeah. the wood paneling. Oh, of course, <laughs> They even yeah. had like a bar. Although I don't remember, it was like just like storage by the time I was little. Yeah. So there wasn't like alcohol at the bar. Yeah, because they already passed that, that, that area. <laughs> you know? And there was there mirrors like behind? I like? don't remember if there was. There were, maybe. There might have been. And there was always, there was like this drawer of, uh, you know, in there. There was just like a dresser in there. And those were in the, the drawer was like my uncle, my cousin's comic books. Oh, sweet. I going to say like your uncle's gun. <laughs> no, no. But I would, you know, she would open it up and putting out the comic books and I would just sit there all day and look at comic books and at the bar. watch movies and I remember probably a movie that you wouldn't show a kid nowadays but my uh, my cousin who was uh, old, you know older than me my cousins were older than me they rented uh, Robocop oh jeez and yeah. I watched Robocop there <laughs> wow and that's, that's a, a movie very, that I watched at a very young age at a as very well. young age and uh, probably something you're right you shouldn't show so, a kid uh, so thanks to Aunt B yeah that's you, right I have an Aunt B. You are Harry and Anderson. Did you watch uh, it when it came out? Like, you I didn't it see it at the theaters, but it was probably a new release when I rented it. Yeah, That's great. And then it was just a movie that I always loved. I was always fascinated. Like, Bigfoot always meant something to yeah, me. Yeah, but it's weird. We It's always weird. We, we grew up in an era in the 70s and 80s, like, people there was like some sort of like uh resurgence in the sasquatch remember like in search of zoology and stuff like that yeah right? like in search of the leonard oh, nimoy leonard show nimoy they, i'm sure they did it they did an episode or two on bigfoot you know um i can remember um you know there there's a very which we posted last month a very legendary couple episodes of the six million dollar man where it's uh the first episode it's played by like andre the giants bigfoot and the second episode is it's um what's his face ted cassidy who played lurch and he was in the, twi- uh, the Twilight Zone uh, to serve man, and they end up being robots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's six million dollar man's fighting I Bigfoot believe, androids. I'm not positive, but I believe there's even like a very 
I could be wrong, so don't hold on, hold me to it. But you know, there's a, like a Steve Austin action figure. Oh yeah, oh, there's, yeah, there's a Bigfoot action figure. And then there's like the, yeah, one yeah. of the action figures they made. Yeah, was I the think Bigfoot. there's even like a lunchbox. Like he's fighting like uh, Bigfoot on the lunchbox. Like there's, there's one lunchbox where he's like got like a log and he's like knocking people <laughs> out with a log. You know, there's a very for me too. Um, I would growing up, I'm a huge, huge uh, MacGyver fan, and I think season three, if 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 people ever want to get into MacGyver, check season three out. There's an episode, there's a Bigfoot episode, and it is fucking horrifying. And yeah. it scared the living shit out of me when I was little because, um, you know, Max up in the wilderness doing like he's like, he's where he works for the Phoenix Foundation, so he's like resetting some sort of, they have some sort of things out there that he's checking while he's, you know, he's walking around. He always does these uh, monologues to himself. And he starts hearing this call. Yeah. He's like, what the hell? And he goes to investigate, and then there's like, uh, he finds this lake, and in the lake there's a there's a freighter that's abandoned. So he he makes a boat. You know how MacGyver is. <laughs> <laughs> he makes yeah, a boat. Yeah. He gets out to the. He gets out there. Every the whole all the crew is gone. There's a bloody there's a bloody paw a handprint that's twice his size yeah, on like the yeah. bridge. Everything's still hot. You know he's like touching the cup of tea, and then fucking Bigfoot shows up on the ship, and he gets off, and he finds this girl who can't really speak English, who's terrified, who's stowed away on the ship. So of course you know he takes her, and they get away, and. And the you know the Bigfoot's tracking them through the through the thing, and then at the end of it, you come to find out that it, it's, it's spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's like a pipeline. You know, there's a, like these people are trying to like you know cut into the oil pipeline to like oh. siphon illegal oil, and the Bigfoot's there to like it's like a Scooby Doo episode. It's a diversion. Yeah. yeah, to scare people away so they can get on with it. So at the very end of the episode, um, you know. Uh, Peter Thornton, his boss, comes and with the helicopter, and you know, it's, it's the sum up, and they're like, you know, we're, we're glad you found your Mac. And he tells him, this is what was happening. And MacGyver's like, oh, of course. And then you hear the Bigfoot call again, and uh, they turn around, and it's like a guy's like, see this tape? This is what they were using. They were using loudspeakers. <laughs> you know, and, he, and Ma- Mac's like, Phew. and then in the distance, you hear the fucking Bigfoot call again, and they're all like, and you know, like my hair, my hair is literally standing up on end when I'm telling this story. You hear the Bigfoot call, yeah. and like the guy looks, and like he's still holding the cassette tape in his hand. It's not yeah, in the yeah. player, and they just look up, and it pans over to the mountains, and you just hear the call, like there's like a Bigfoot a answering back. Wild. Scared the shit out of me, but that's like another Bigfoot episode. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, Bigfoot was big when we were little, but Bigfoot's big now. I mean, there's all yeah. these Discovery shows. Animal Planet has a show called like Finding Bigfoot. They have that fucking messing with some Sasquatch. I can't understand. There's a there's a reality show <laughs> but where there's a jer- beef jerky. Oh yeah, there's that. Yeah, commercial. that's kind of like pandering to poor Bigfoot. They're like making fun of him. Yeah, but yeah. like, I can't believe that there is a. How do you pitch a reality show finding Bigfoot that will every week you don't find Bigfoot? Yeah, and well, every like week it's just a bunch of dudes just like, like acting like idiots. Yeah, but at least ghost hunters, there's some sort of they can say they come up with evidence. You can hear some sort of like you know they, someone squeaks their shoe and it sounds like come here, come here, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, uh, their voice you know, analyzer. They, they go out there in the middle of the night and they hear Bigfoot calls and they look. For do them. they though? Yeah. Oh, they do. I they mean, do get. Supposedly, I don't know if they really do. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> But supposedly, oh, in the they, context of the show, they do. Like, okay, I thought they, they were just coming up with they there's go no evidence. To places where there's high, uh, you know, sightings, and they yeah. go and they interview the town, the townspeople at like a town, yeah. you know, who, who's seen it or yeah, whatever. Yeah. They tell their stories, then they go and they try to. Yeah, I'm sure they have really good reenactments. <laughs> you know, this is what I saw. Yeah, yeah. I was walking through the woods <laughs> and I was Shaking, hunting. Yeah, you know, and it's like you know, everything's like, yeah. So I, I just I can't understand how like how they're probably like on. A couple seasons by now, that show. Oh, not only do they have the show, but then they also have, like, they rerun the episodes with, like, you know, pop-up video 
like facts about what they were yeah, doing. Yeah, like the, from the people. Like, like you Bill, know, Billy the, Bob was dr- <laughs> pissed drunk in this episode. Yeah, right? yeah like this. I didn't really believe this part, but it really happened, kind of shit. That's unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, there seems to be. Uh, I mean, you know, this is going back to even like the Abominable Snowman. There's a great Scooby Doo episode. Like the season one, there's like episode two or three of Scooby Doo. They they go to, and they they encounter the Abominable Snowman, but it's very funny in that episode because we just got off doing a Peter Lorre movie. They go to like this. Uh, I think they're going skiing or something. So the, the gang shows up at a hotel, and uh, the hotel is run by a Sydney Green Street. Like you know, he talks like him, looks like him, and then the other guy checking in is Peter Laurie. And it's like it's very funny that like you know, I guess back then would would, would the parents in the seventies or even the kids be like, hey, look, it's Sydney Green Street and Peter Laurie. I don't know because <laughs> do you figure those a lot of those Scooby Doo's? I mean, it's like Laurent Hardy. Yeah. Well, those are when you get into the movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't even think they're they're even in an episode. They're just in the credits, which is even odd. They animated. Lauren Hardy for the like the Three Stooges show up. Yeah, yeah, Three Stooges. And uh, you have a couple of other people. Like, you know, you get into the celebrities, you know. But in the original series in 69, you had, you know, I think I guess they're just paying homages to, like, people. Like, you know, we said Rondo Hatton. They based, yeah, they, yeah. They, they based the Creeper off of Rondo Hatton. So it's funny that, you know, but that's a Yeti episode. So it's very, always very terrifying. You know, Bigfoot and Yetis and stuff. Well, you know, always, it's kind of like the unknown, which is all, always frightening. The missing I mean, link. I mean, the fake, I think the fact of, like, sightings, then, of course, there's that, like, that famous... Like the, oh, the footage. Four, se- four seconds or whatever. Yeah, of, of, of grainy 8mm film from, like, the late 60s, which you know, somebody saw... In, uh, there's so many... Like, you know, the, these two guys were riding on horseback together, and then one of them got off, and he ran to, like, the, the little, like, dried-out creek, and then he started filming, and then he is able to put the camera up and focus, and, like you're saying, you get, like, the three or four seconds yeah, of... it looks back. It looks back, and it's got the... And then that footage, it's it's that has been freaking... That's like the, that's like fucking the, the Adolf... Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh... It's a Bruder film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been, like, analyzed it's so prob- much. It's probably been scrutinized even more than the Zabruder You know, film. I mean, it's, and then people, and then, you know, that guy, whoever shot that footage, lived off that till the day he died. And then yeah, people yeah. are, now, uh, you know, he, I don't know when he died, but he was, like, a cowboy. I don't and know they always had those shows, like, on History or Discovery, back when Discovery had shows like this, where they'd have, like, makeup effects art, like Stan Winston being like, well, you know, the musculature. You could tell, well. yeah, you could see it's very, <laughs> and then they, then they try to, well, we're going to, it's like Shark Week. We're going to try to actually re- uh, we do it and see if we can do it as realistic as it was yeah. done then, and then you know, trying to clean up the footage, and yeah, then they're bringing, they're digitizing it, and they're like freaking remastering it, and like, you know. So the point is, Bigfoot and Sasquatch and Abominable Snowman and stuff. Everything it's been, it's been something that has captured our imaginations for since the Indians, the yeah, Indians since the, the Native Americans, since the beginning of time, yeah. probably. They 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 coined the Sasquatch term, you know, and it, you, you know, it's. Is it really just like the unknown? It's maybe it's just that that the curiosity of man to be to want to know. I mean, do you think that's what what it is that really keeps keeps the lore kind of going? Yeah, it's like it's like it's them? like aliens. You know, like people want to people. You know, there's enough want to believe. Yeah, exactly. You know, something's out there. You know, and there's enough. It's 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 unique enough where you take for the example the abominable snowman or Bigfoot, where they're having sightings. In the U.S., like in Washington State, or maybe around Ohio, in the mid the, the middle section of the country, but then you have freaking in the Himalayas, you've got another one that's being sighted. Like you know, there's I, there's footage yeah. I've seen one that's a little more recent, maybe from the 90s or 2000s. Yeah. There's footage of like a, a married couple walking, and they see like on the freaking yeah, yeah. side of the cliff, you see like a yeti walking, and they find footprints, and you know, and then the, you always have the people who have hair. You see this hair here? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it came up with some bark. You know, much yeah, like yeah. this movie, and this is kind of where. This is going, and this movie takes yeah. place in um, 
to so, Washington State outside of Seattle. Yeah, yeah. So this movie was always big for me because um, one of the things that we used to do when I was little, and it was, you know, in the, it's kind of, I don't know, foolish now, but... Hunting we, Sasquatch. Yeah, we would go hunting for Bigfoot. Was you really? Yeah, my mom and my brother, we would go to Pennypack Park in Philadelphia, which is like never had any fucking Sasquatch sightings. Is it, a, well, is it, a, is it like do. a fort a preserve? It's not like you're going to like Central Park. You know, it's not no. like it's not in, inside the Philadelphia city. I mean, city, there are you know? parts of it that are, you know, it's kind of outside of, like, the downtown area. But uh, there are parts of it that are very parky, but then yeah. there's a lot of woods and stuff. And we would go there and, you know, we would look for Bigfoot. And have a lunch. And it was like, a, just a, yeah, have a picnic. Bring some binoculars. <laughs> and it was always, like, a very pleasant, you know, memory. It was always something that I looked back on So did on you do fondly. this? Did you do that prior to this movie, or did you do that because of this movie? It was probably... You know, I don't know. It was probably in conjunction. You know, probably probably did it anyway. That's probably one of the reasons why I like the movie so much when I saw it. Yeah. Um, You're like, there, he is out there. <laughs> yeah. And he's very nice on top of that. Yeah. So, uh, always very into Bigfoot. Always loved this movie. Um, good night, folks. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be seeing you soon. Uh, I do want to say that this movie comes out in 1987. So, it's kind of like late 80s. E.T. came out way before. 82, 81. Um, Gremlins had come out. Uh, and believe it or not, like this movie has like a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. And yeah. when it came out, it came out to very mixed reviews. And if you read a lot of those reviews, it's a lot of like, fuck Spielberg. <laughs> you know, that like smelty Spielberg suburban. I just want to say, if you... <laughs> have a problem with Harry and the Hendersons. Like, you have no heart. Yeah. Like, what is there not to like about Harry and the Hendersons? Okay, maybe, you, you know, it's, like, not your thing. But, like, to review it poorly, it's like, fuck you, But dude. is it is, is, is <laughs> even... It's is, like, what's... Like, how could you really have a problem with Harry and the Hendersons? But, it's, I mean, Spielberg isn't attached. But I guess I, by he, that time... But he... There's where... I don't know if it's true. There's speculation. I mean, there's... I've read things that says he's uncredited as an executive producer. Yeah. I mean, this is around a time also, of, like, Batteries Not Included, maybe, too, which is Spielberg. Yeah. And isn't, is, maybe, is Don Amici in Batteries Not Included? I don't know. He might be. Uh, uh, no, I'm thinking of what's the, Hume Chrome's in it with his wife, Jessica Tandy. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, I hadn't seen this movie in, in what, freaking 30 years. And, I, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's dated, but it's, it's lovely. It's, it's a pro, <laughs> it, it's pro-animal, like, it's people pro- are, I read some review that was, like, it's, you know, the way, you know, the way, like, E.T.'s, like, hawking, uh, you know, Reese's Pieces or, like, Mac and Me is, like, a commercial for, I don't even remember what that's a commercial for. Yeah. Like, this is a pro-vegetarian, you know, exploitation yeah, but, 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 like, well, like, what's wrong with it's that? It's like, dude, just grow up, man. You know I, I mean, mean, like, what happened that you don't have a childhood? There's no whimsy in yeah, your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who cares? I mean, I like, I actually like that the starring of the movie is that, like, you know, you have, uh, you know, uh, John um, Lifgow or Lifgow, however you pronounce his last name. However you choose. Yeah, how you choose. He, Playing he's, George Henderson. Yeah, he's very pro the pro hunting sportsman. You know, well, that's a big thing. Way. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, if you read the uh, the novelization, which I can't recall who wrote it, the novelization starts out with like very 
you know, get, sets that all up. He's on the the trip. They go to this like it's it describes how it's a yearly trip, and they they've gone on it every year, even when his wife. Uh, and uh, what's her face? Melinda Dillon, who's also we love to mention. She, I didn't realize halfway through the movie, I'm like, oh, she's the mother from A Christmas Story. Yeah. And I'm like, stories. I know I know her from, from, as a mother from somewhere. And I was trying to think, like, is she in E.T.? No. Is she in Close Encounters she's the third in, she time? She is in Close Encounters. Yeah, but she's not the mom. Yeah, she's not the kid. But I'm, I'm, I was trying to figure out, like, who do, what do I know her from? And then I, I, I had a vision of her helping the kid eat mashed potatoes. And I was like, <laughs> that's her from freaking Christmas Story. That's why I fell in love with her. And I will mention, you know, for anybody out there, uh, she's a hot little number in a slap shot. Circa 1977. Oh yeah, uh, that's another movie that, that that's, that's. I think her. I think the entire scene, she's topless in her scene in that movie. Really? Yeah, I gotta go back and watch that. <laughs> she's laying in bed with uh, Paul Newman. Paul Newman, and they have a big dialogue scene. They like just fooled around, or and whatever. she's got she's got those things just uh, yeah, airing yeah. right out. Um, you know, it, it's you, you but see the, the but so the so in the thing he t- the the novelization that picks up and it's like they're on the trip and they talk about how important the trip is to George and how they even went when she was she was pregnant with Arnie and it's like it's family tradition yeah, and, you can tell she's one of these women who don't really want to go but she's trying to impress the yeah, husband yeah. and she's kind of it's still the dichotomy of like okay yeah I'll do what and the husband like, says and it's like even when the one time she suggests they try something else he was like why yeah and then you you kind of see and it's very much an 80s thing like like in the great outdoors it's very much you could see like like almost John Candy it's like oh, we're, we're bringing come on we're going yeah. out we're gonna go freaking into the wilderness we're gonna have no matter even if it's gonna turn out to be shitty we're gonna to have a good freaking trip and I'm going to make it work, you know? But we find out, like, even in the movie, it's kind of, it becomes clear that he's very much this person because of... Evil, the, his dad. His, because of his dad, yeah. Emmett Walsh. Um, George Sr., they, he owns, his dad owns, like, a an outdoor yeah. shop. A sporting store. A sporting goods store and they sell guns and it's very much and he's kind of fallen into this thing, even though, like, at his heart, he wants to be an artist, but he's grown up his dad, yeah, he he asked. He says that in the movie. He, he works dad, for his dad. He asked his dad for like a, a paint, set. paint set, and the dad gave him a BB gun. And then yeah. then his wife even says, "Well, isn't that what you did, to your son?" He's like, "Yeah, I did." And it's like, Fuck. and you could tell even even in the relationship with his father, you know, at the store, even though I think the store says like Henderson and son, yeah. it's very much like he's not really. He's he, just another worker. Yeah, because even the other workers are like you know fucking you know making fun of him or uh, you know having yeah, to go yeah. at him. They're not really even. He doesn't even have that kind of like. Uh, respect he should deserve at the at the store so he's just he's just a day-to-day salesman at this you know this local seattle uh sporting goods store so he's trying to like give his family the 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 life that he thinks everyone else should have or or like he had and 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 that starts off and that's at the beginning of the movie like you know it's like he he's he's got a big rabbit he's like look what your son killed and his the son's very much yeah we killed it (laughs) and it's my first blood you know it's like (laughs) You know, and then like even th- so, then when they're driving away and they end up hitting the you know Bigfoot. Um, spoiler, spoiler alert! <laughs> uh, even the son, he's like, I don't know if it's dead, and he's like, Well, even if it isn't, shoot it again, Dad. So he, he's, his son's kind of like really psyched, yeah, yeah. like you got to shoot. It's all you know, and it's very much th- at the time it's like not so much pro guns, but it's just like you know. Well, you, you know, know. The, they need to set it up. Because that's the arc of the movie. Yeah, I mean, in any good like dramatic structure, you have like the wants of the characters, which is what carries them through the story. But then throughout the arc of the story, you have to have like the, the need. Like, yeah. what does the character need? And then the end of the movie and the climax, or just before the climax, that need that need is fulfilled, and it's what makes for interesting fucking storytelling. And the fact that we set up like this. 
family. I mean, the the, the girls, the the daughter and the wife aren't really into it. But he, you know, like you said, he's teaching his son kind of the same thing that he was taught. And we set up like this pro, like outdoorsman hunting. Like they're gonna kill the they shot the they're gonna eat it. Yeah, and so she's like, we're so, leaving. And he's like, fuck it, we'll stuff it. You know, like because he's done and some stuff. And in their house, they have a lot. He, there's a lot of uh, like game. Uh, yeah. pro- on the wall, he's like a lot of like. Uh, so they set this up so that when you meet Harry, they can learn something. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's 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 I like how it ends up turning to be like a pro animal picture. It's like you know even you know why 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 do you have to go out and kill these things? And I mean. It's not even so much it's a vegetarian or, or, or vegan or whatever thing. Yeah. It's just, it's nice. It's kind of comforting that he turns around and he has this, because he could have very easily, there's the scene when he gets, you know, uh, Harry, or they call it home, and he has him in his sights and he's about to shoot him. And he could have very much just shot him and that's yeah. the end of the movie. That's your movie right there, you know. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he stuffs the fucking thing. And then, but it's like, it. it's nice. It turns into this kind of like, no, we should, you know, respect you know because basically it just proves that like the human race are a bunch of assholes yeah you know we just we just go around we destroy everything we don't think it's we think it's okay to just murder pillage you know freaking bulldoze <laughs> we're, we're starting to sound very much like you know we're getting into like environmentalists or you know into politics but it's just you know and it, it just shows like in that especially in that time in the 80s with pollution and stuff and you know uh expansion of of civilizations that we don't really we're just pushing wildlife further and further away we didn't really care as compared to now about the environment or trying to change stuff or preserve things yeah i mean i feel like this movie is very much kind of in a small way i mean the 80s was all about like causes you know you had like live aid and stuff and then that's when we started worrying about like the rainforest yeah fern gully (laughs) you know (laughs) know, so uh kind of in a very small and harry's not even a vegetarian harry's a pescatarian and he's eating fish (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah he's eating fish you know he doesn't like the you know and it's and it's actually sad and it's touching you know when when you when they first get him in the house and he's like what is what's the first thing he sees he sees the maybe the the mink is it the mink? Well, I think he first sees the, the... He sees the deer? The deer head, and he can't figure out, like, where, where the body is. Yeah, and then, he, then he, and then he finds the mink, and then he's, like, he's really pissed off. And it's kind of cool that, like, he has this intelligence, you know? Yeah. And uh, that kind of develops. But then, it, then it, it, like, the plot kind of gets stretched, where there's, like, you know, it's, like, it's over the course of a week where he kind of gets scared. They don't know what to do with him. But they hit him. They, uh... You know, they, they put him on top of the car because, of course, uh, John Lithgow is like, you know, we can we can become millionaires. And yeah. the, the mother's like, oh, whatever you say, you know, OK. And then they bring him home. He's he wakes up. He goes into the house and, uh, you know, inside the house, he just starts causing a panic. And it's very funny to think nowadays that we're an adult. I was completely looking at it from an adult's perspective. Like, my God, can you imagine the damage this is causing? <laughs> like, like, all that damage of, like, him Don pushing up. You know, Don Amici's like, do you, can you imagine what a Bigfoot would do to your house? And he's like, yes, I can. But it's like, you know, as a kid, you don't, th- I, since I hadn't seen this movie in 30 years, I'd forgotten all the gimmicks. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's so uh, funny. You, you, you haven't seen it in such a period of time, but then you remember all the little stuff like him, like them, like, you know, they gave him a haircut and a bath, and then, yeah, you know, yeah. and the Adam's family's on, and he's laughing to that, or, you know, so you remember all this stuff from the trailer, mm-hmm. and, uh, or him pushing up the, uh, the arches, the, the, the door the frames. So he can walk through. Yeah, so it's like, and then, like, just like, he destroys the freaking house, and it's hilarious, all this stuff, they, they, the little, the gimmicks, which is all prior to CGI, so it's all practical effects, and we haven't even gotten to Rick Baker yet, but it's just so yeah, cool, yeah. all the stuff that they were able to accomplish in this. It's it's real it's it's fun it's nice and you know it's also 
I think the characterization of Kevin Peter Hall, who, who, who played uh, Harry the Sasquatch in it, just a testament of how awesome yeah, he yeah. was. I mean, by everybody's like account, like he was like you know, a pure heart <laughs> soul. You yeah, know? He's and just it, like the best guy ever. The irony of all ironies is, you know, this guy's uh, seven two. Seven foot two. He the same year goes and plays the freaking predator. <laughs> you know, so it's like it's like that's so crazy. But you know, they were gonna Rick Baker. I guess when they were doing the costuming, they were gonna do something with the eyes, and they realized that his eyes were so expressive they didn't need to do anything with his eyes. Yeah. You know, then that was the thing they tried to work around it so that the you could have the actor uh, P- uh, Kevin Peter Hall's eyes be seen and it could be that expressive. Uh, and it's really cool. I mean, it's I think it's great. And I, when I saw this. I remembered, of course, all the stuff within the house, but also what made a funny enough what made an impact on me. The different beats were like the the very evil David Suchet. Yeah, yeah. I always remembered him in this movie, and he's such an evil guy. And then the parts like in the 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 store where it was so scary that like you know his father's like you know why don't you paint me draw me a picture and I'll put it on the wall. I remember so I remember John Lithgow drawing the picture yeah, and, he, and he's yeah. like that's not what I wanted. And then the next scene he changed it. And I remember I, I was just as horrified and upset as John Lithgow. So I was going yeah, through the same yeah. beats. I was like how dare you because I <laughs> both of us have a similar childhood where we both drew growing up. Yeah, yeah. So like you know I would draw. So I was like oh how dare him change his son's you know thing and then it, and it's very funny the hype of in Seattle where I mean I haven't seen Seattle uh, at this time be photographed except from there's the Kolchak, the Night Strangler, which is the second TV movie that Richard Matheson wrote with Darren McGavin, connection to Christmas Story. Yeah, yeah. He, there's got to be a fucking Bigfoot episode of Night Stalker, right? I don't know I if there's a... There, yeah, there has to be a Bigfoot episode, but I don't know offhand if there was, if there's he's in the woods, because that's all in Chicago, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, 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 the first one, the, the Night Stalker, takes place in Vegas, and then he, he drives to... The second one's in Seattle, and, and in the Seattle one, he's dealing with a guy who... Uh, He's not a vampire because the vampires in the Night Stalker, the Strangler, he's killing people in, like to live because he's living like in the uh, old Seattle underneath. There's a town of Seattle that was built over the town, which is real crazy. Yeah. And Al Lewis shows up, but you know, <laughs> Grandpa, yeah, he, yeah he, he, he's he's like a bum living in like the thing, and he's like kind of gives Darren McGavin some backstory. But I hadn't thought, you know, I I've been to Seattle and uh, it's a very nice place, and it's just funny to see, you know, you don't really get Seattle really doesn't get seen until like the '90s where you get like a lot of yeah, the grunge yeah. rock or sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, so yeah. it's I was at the beginning of the movie when you all these beautiful vistas. I'm like, oh, where does this take place? And then they make almost Seattle a very big character. So the uh, Harry Bigfoot, he he they, they want to bring him back. He escapes, and then there's this the middle part of the movie, like Act Two, where he's like he's like you know, hiding out in Seattle, walking around. Yeah, you kind of forget, like, how long that is. And it's like, I'm, like, I'm thinking, like, a- why isn't John Lifko out looking for him? He's just like, what should I do? I hope he's okay. I'm drawing pictures of him. I'm wrestling with the idea that my, you know, that, that, that yeah, he's yeah. out there. My dad, everyone wants to kill him, and I want to save him. And it's... You know, because you remember all the stuff of, like, Harry and the family. You forget that, like, there's a big chunk of the movie. There's, like, a whole second act. Yeah. Where, like, they're not together. And what's he doing by day? I mean, they, they show a couple scenes where he's, like, he could see the mountains, and he can't cross the highway yeah because the highway's so busy and the fence and he's scared and then he's walking around and you know he's 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 being seen here or there you know it looks like one time it looks like he's like being like a voyeur at one point looking <laughs> in the house and you know he's trying to make he's trying to understand what people are doing and you know it, it's cool that it, it does you know and it, it's it's simple enough in the idea that kids can get it or they kind of show you like you know that you know it takes you out of the context of us like killing animals for food and all that 
the verse, what he's what he's doing, he's kind of like making us look in a mirror and say, you know, what, what the hell are you, you know, we're the actual animals, yeah, yeah, very much. And it's it's very fun like that, and it's all testament to to, to Kevin Peter Hall, how you know how good he is as the uh, as well, the that Sasquatch. And, that and Rick Baker's makeup. Oh, Rick Baker's makeup's fun. I mean, won the Academy Award. Yeah, um, but it is like among like the great creature makeup effects of all time. I mean, the fact like yes, obviously. Uh, Kevin Peter Hall is great in it and uh, as that character but it's also like the expressiveness of that mask yeah. and the animatronics and then he's not even tethered a lot of those kind of outfits you'd have to have wiring come out yeah, yeah. and they realized they couldn't wouldn't be able to do that he wouldn't be, have the mobility so they just had people with like I think it, it took four guys to uh, operate them I mean you have the actor uh, Kevin Peter Hall in the outfit but then you have two guys I think working his brows yeah, yeah. and then you have the another lips. guy which is like Rick Baker yeah, doing the lips so you'd have to try to figure out and that's kind of interesting that you think that like not only is the actor trying to emote something then you have to have other people who are you know with like remotes trying to emote the emotions um, you can find it on YouTube which I'm sure we can put as a link as our special features on our actual site uh, extra features there is a link of like Rick Baker from back in the day kind of showing you how it works and stuff yeah it, it's and it's such a testament to technology back then because it is prior to CGI uh, and can all that's like practical I know can you, you imagine know? like th- nowadays they would do it I think he'd be he'd probably be like that you'd have a stand-in yeah, you know, and then it'd be kind of like a like a like a, not I'm gonna say Rick Moranis, but what's his face, <laughs> Robert Zemeckis? Yeah, Rick yeah, not Rick Moranis. I always get the two of them. You know, it'd be, it'd be Rick Moranis walking around. Although I could see Rick Moranis in the Harry and Henderson. Oh yeah, movie he, yeah, like I could George see him Henderson. being like, yeah, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids. You know, it's like, oh my god, you know, like him being like the the hunter. But it'd be like a Robert Zemeckis, you know, like. Like them doing like not rotoscoping <laughs> but like a CGI. Yeah, like that. Line. And he'd be all you know. And it's it's amazing that they were able to. That's all. I mean, can you imagine how long it took him to? And there's a lot of footage on this special edition DVD they have of like of the era, and they're like in Rick Baker's like creature shop, and it's like how long does it take for him to get into the a costume? And then they're doing all these tests with John yeah. Lithgow, and it's they're rehearsing, and it's just that must be so evolved for him to get there. Uh, Kevin Peter Hall and like get into the suit and yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how heavy yeah, it is. I'm sure, it's not comfortable. I mean, because it's because they got all those uh, the servos and the, the motors and stuff in that head. It's yeah, because they made a lot of they tried to make it look like the accounts of what a, a, a Sasquatch has been you know purported to look like, and then they kind of base it off of like what real apes or gorillas look like. So they kind of gave him a cone head, so that's they were able to hide all the the motors and the servos up in the cone area. So it's. Yeah. He's wearing it. It's like a helmet he's wearing. <coughs> um, it's it's just it's it's a testament that you don't really see that anymore. You don't really see to a certain extent a lot of that. You know, like you take you take Stan Winston. You know, Stan Winston may be best known for like Terminator or Aliens. Yeah. And then you look at Rick Baker. Rick Baker really pioneered. I mean, you take out he did American Werewolf in London, but he really pioneered his kind of the ape thing. Yeah. He was like definitely became like the primate thing was his thing. He found like that niche. And of course, you know, like you said, he did predator and he did other things and he ended up doing the remake of the Wolfman, And he did even uh, the remake of planet of the apes too. That was kind of his swan song. Yeah. But that's another like ape. Yeah. 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 And then of course he did thriller video. He did the thriller video. Um, He did, but like he did, I think maybe it started with schlock. Yeah. Schlock, which is faces. uh, John Landis's first kind of, that's like an ape costume. And then he does the King Kong remake. Of King yeah, Kong, 
vivid De- uh, Dino De Laurentiis, Jeff Bridges one. He does. Uh, would you say Girls in the Mist? He did Girls he in the Mist, Tarzan, uh, uh, the, the Legend the, of Greystoke, yeah, with with, Christopher with, Lambert. He did the remake of Mighty Joe Young. Uh, with um, yeah, what's her face? Charlize Theron. He did yeah. that. So he's, and then he did the like we said that he did the, the remake of the Planet of the Apes. He's kind of pioneered. It became like his shtick to to do. Ape-esque. I mean, and of course, and then he did he did Gremlins. I mean, I mean he did yeah, other things, there's but a like, lot of that stuff. Was like really what he was known there's for. There's a ton of stuff. Like he's got like 75 credits to his name, so he's got like a ton of and stuff. And fucking sadly, we brought up Rondo Hatton. He did the Rocketeer. Uh, yeah, he did the make, Rocketeer to make the Luthar look like Rondo Hatton in the Rocketeer, the bad guy. You yeah. know, and sadly, uh, he's retiring. Yeah, why? Because Just because he he's said older. There's not enough work for his specialty for what he does. Eight movies, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because now CGI is like so, such a such a like a creative force that he's just saying there's not enough work to sustain. Do you think that's owning it, a business doing it? Do you think it's like a uh, cost effective for CGI? I mean, I would think. I the, think that's the exp- I th- I think that's where it comes from. Like, why? Because there's more control. There's less time in shooting. It's all in post. But I can't imagine it's any cheaper. I can't imagine. Because when you watch the credits, there's like a billion more people they need to pay. All these animators and the people that render it and the colorists. and the, There's all these like... They have to pay so many people. Yeah, there's like dudes in Japan or out so, Asia doing all So the... like I can't imagine that it's any cheaper because you have... You have uh, you you, you have a crew, a post production crew that's like it's a whole a, other hundred times more dedicated to just doing these. And yeah. wasn't the whole point of doing CGI because people would, uh, you know, if if you're looking at the essential, the original sole point was it looked they thought it be, would be more realistic to a certain extent than practical, as well as you'd be able to achieve stuff you can achieve practically. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the idea, the and, but I also think it was a business choice. I think it's like. You know, you, you, you talk about, uh, you know, John Carpenter's The Thing, the Rob yeah. effects, and then there's like... Those are all practical. Yeah, but there's like, you know, there's a, there's like an instance where something happens and it's like it's the money shot, they have to get it in one shot, and it fucks up. Yeah. Then they have to spend the whole day, like, resetting it, cleaning all the fucking green goop off of everything, resetting everything. You got actors that are out there all day. Now they're on overtime. You know, I think there's this feeling of like if we can eliminate like the control issues you know like like if we could have control and not leave it up to like the possibility of mishaps in production that can't be the only reason i mean i don't understand why i mean every well yeah i mean i can you know who knows what what, like someone like zemeckis is uh, well, he motivation is. He's doing a different. I mean, you took Zemeckis. I, I can t- kind of take out of the equation and argue that he's doing an entirely different thing. He's trying to do a movie that's completely like not rotoscope, but like a complete. He's making a complete world. So yeah. I'll give him that. You know, he's making. You know, if you, I love that movie Beowulf. He did, and it's like, you know, uh, half those guys don't even look like who they really are. You know, yeah. Ray Winstone. He he doesn't even look like. You know, yeah, but I mean, I mean, like from a, obviously from like a filmmaking from a, like a director's filmmaking standpoint yeah i'm sure like there's decisions that are made uh you know for artistic purposes but i think a lot of it's probably pushed from a business standpoint also it's just it's, it's sad that you have you know like a... like they say like really like spider-man never really got made because they couldn't do that then like yeah. what you're saying that like now they can have spider-man you know like swinging from because it's a cartoon you see it but i can i can believe that more it's like you know like I like a movie, you take like a movie like Titanic where 
if you're using the effects to try to make something look more realistic, I, I accept that more than you having effects where you then you're suddenly taken out of the, you know, the, the effect becomes so impractical that you're stopping, you're being taken out of the narrative to say, oh, look how, you know, that's a special effect. And I don't like that. Yeah. I, I want them just to be able to further, you know, if you can't have like a ship in space, okay, I understand you're going to either do a model or you're going to use a, you know, a CGI. Yeah. But in this situation where you can have, you know, clearly you can do prosthetics, you know, like if they remade Dick Tracy, is everyone going to be freaking blue screened? You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, it's just, you think I that bet you some would. That be, and maybe not all of them, but I bet you there would be some characters that would be CGI, kind of CGI. like that CGI, the like green screen. I mean, because it's the so. Shit, and the thing is, like, it shit like hardly ever looks right. I know. You know, like you can talk about, especially you know, stuff we thought it looks right. Our, our, for some reason, our eye ages with some sort of weird thing where you can go back and we can like cite like Event Horizon, or we can cite. Uh, what's the movie that that, that uh, the relic? Yeah, where it's yeah. like it's completely dated that CGI. Yeah, where yeah, it's like yeah. you could, it's it almost takes. Well, because you now out of we it. have something to compare it to. Yeah, you know? but still, it's like, you know, like Disney's putting out like the Jungle Book, like a quote unquote live action <laughs> Jungle Book. Did they already but, do that though? Like but there's like one real person in it. There's a kid, and then the rest is just a cartoon. You know, like they're still just cartoons, they're just and they CGI don't necessarily. They might they might look better than, uh, like you know, than a cart. They might look more realistic than like Blue looks and the fucking you know, real it's movie. The, but they're still looking like cartoon. It, like when I walk out of a movie like Avatar, I was like, that's the best cartoon. <laughs> yeah, you know, but like those, I don't care what anybody says. As much as like credit as you want to give, uh, you know, James Cameron and James Cameron, believe me, deserves you know as much credit as you can give him for like his, his pushing of technology and pushing technology and film forward. But like those blue people look like they look like cartoons. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what he's kind of looking. That's what he's looking to go for. I guess. But I mean, no, I mean, I think, I don't think he wants them to look like cartoons. I mean, I think he wants them to look like organic creatures, but of a different, I can, I can understand. I've become like such like an animal lover where I can understand, say you want a CGI animal because you know, sometimes it can be very stressful or grueling on a set to have an animal. You You have a fucking grizzly bear. Like remember that movie bear, you know, to have him, you know, that's, that could be, you know, you're dangerous, whatever the hell, you're the safety of an animal, vice versa. Okay. You want to CGI. It's like there's that new movie coming out that's the remake of the true story with um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in it where the, the wilderness guy, he, yeah, he's yeah. He attacked by a bear. I'm sure they CGI'd the bear. That's cool. Okay. You know, and then you're going to shoot the fucking thing. You know, you're not going to shoot a real bear. You know, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's like maybe in the old days you would. But so I, I kind of understand that. But in a situation like this, or like you're saying, like Avatar, why not try to go for the more, like even to the point where you take uh, the old, st- the, the new, the, the first three Star Wars movies, that are the prequels to the ones that we know and love. Like that was a complete, complete CGI world and it kind of looked really shitty. And then now you take a movie like Sam Rockwell's Moon, uh, David yeah. Bowie's son did. And they used all like miniature work, and that stuff looks better. It looks awesome. Yeah, man. the miniature work of of the of the uh, the vehicles and stuff on the moon looks great. It doesn't it doesn't look like a cartoon. It doesn't look like Star, you know, like That's the, the freaking Phantom Menace. We, we got like so. It's so funny. It's like we got so like blinded by the, what we can do the by special effects that like now it's like when you see something. 
that's done the old way, it's like, man, it looks so good. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think a lot of people are excited about the new Star Wars that's coming out uh, uh, in yeah, the end of J. 2015 J. of this is cast. Supposedly doing a lot of stuff. A lot of, because you learned of how Lucas, the fans were like, it sucks. And yeah, it's yeah. even like Walking Dead. There's a lot of practical stuff done on that, but there's a lot of CGI too, and it's just, I don't like How many times do I have to see like a someone get shot in the head and it's CGI blood flying yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. And you could t- almost always tell nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I don't know, it's not, not 10 years ago, but a long time ago, they, you know, they re they did like the uh, Blade Runner, the final yeah, yeah, yeah. cut, and they released like a huge box. Yeah, they, set. Like, they released a briefcase with the car yeah. and the, the Frank and thing, and he's got the work print, the final cut, the rough <laughs> cut, the theatrical cut, the, the director's mo- cut, your mom's your, cut. your mom's cut, <laughs> the final cut, the real final cut, his brother Tony Scott's final cut. It's like you know, there's like all these like, a but it's th- great though. You but know, when it came out, it's good that he gives you that option though. It's not like Lucas who's like, fuck yeah. it, you're not getting the cut again. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I like that though. But when they when they came out with the final cut in promotion for to get people excited for the DVD, they re-released it. Yeah. The movie. The, as the final cut, and I went to the Ziegfeld Theater here in the city. Yeah, everybody except me saw it at the Ziegfeld. All my friends at work saw it at the Ziegfeld. I'm like, fuck, I never been to the Ziegfeld. And that Ziegfeld is like one of the last great, you know, like movie houses in New York in the city. And it's uh, old. It's like Radio City. It's like like a hundred hundred years old. Yeah, it's old. It looks I like mean, the Muppet Show. I mean, like that I'm, kind of a theater. Yeah, I mean, the obviously, big... there's been things that have been you know updated. But yeah. For the most part, it's a big screen and a big. You know, like a grand theater, great, with the... grand movie theater, and I saw it there by myself. I think it was like on a whim, and I went and I sat down, and that movie fucking starts. And you know, having been tainted by you know special like CGI effects, that movie starts, and it was like literally in my head. I'm like, self, god damn, <laughs> this movie looks good. Like I was like in my head, I was really like, look how fucking awesome movies used to look. Like with the car, you mean like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, all that miniature work or whatever the practicals they did. The, the you know like the the flying the car, city the... and the car and it lands and it's just like it's like holy crap, movies used to look awesome. Yeah, and now like, they what just the hell happened? and there's a whole generation of people now that like are you know we can have kids that are that age that are like that grew up on that. They don't know. I mean, I wonder, does a kid, can a kid tell the difference? Like, like, cause you know, you look at the, the, the last three Star Wars movies that they've pitched to the young generation because, you know, their mindset is like, fuck you, we already have the old fans. We can s- just say, fuck you, old fans. And the old fans are still going to come. So their kids are going to love Jar yeah, Jar. They want to, they want to, I mean, it's very smart from a business perspective. They want to gear it towards the kids. But do the kids even, could they tell that it's all fucking green screen? It just looks like a video game to them. They don't care. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the mentality of. The youngins are because you're right. I mean, they grow up with it, so it's like they don't have anything really to. No frame of reference, to. you know. But you know, now us bad math and how we're so pissed off about us old men. We want practical. God bless. Well, I'm just Baker. saying. I mean, there's a place for there's a place for CGI and there's a place, Sorry. you know, yeah, for practical effects. And unfortunately, that place is getting much smaller. To a guy like a guy like Rick Baker. I mean, Rick Baker is you know, a legend. Look, he, if you're gonna make a like a. If you're gonna make like the Mount Rushmore of makeup effects, what do you? I mean, of course you could put Cheney, you could put Pierce, Dick Smith, yeah, Lon Cheney Senior, Jack Pierce. That's Dick what I mean. Smith, yeah, 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 like like you know For you put those. I mean, those are like the pioneers. Yeah. So like, yes, you could make it that way. But if you, but really like of a new gener of a newer generation, you have Stan Winston, who's passed Rick away. Baker, yeah. 
Um, those are the big two. Yeah. I mean, those are the big. There are other people. Obviously, Botin, Rob Botin was was great. Savini for what he was doing. Yeah, is a pioneer in in like in that aspect of it. Um, and he's Joe Blasco. Joe Blasco. <laughs> Savini's got that ape from Creepshow that he's very happy about. He always loves that ape in a. Yeah. that's there. You go. That's uh, that's I never you never thought of. That's a Yeti. Yeah. Right. Technically, because if you look at it, that's that crate is labeled from the North Pole. You know, so it's a freaking Yeti in a little crate. So, you know, it's a that's a scary another. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, if you. Like the big ones, like yeah. the rock star who somebody that like your mom might know the name of who did Mang of Effects. Yeah. Rick Baker's one of those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like so you're taking someone who is a pioneer for, for his generation, definitely for a generation, pioneer for, in movies in general, someone who's was always at the top of their game, uh, one of the best people that ever did it in their business, and you've put him out of work. <laughs> yeah, he's not retiring because he wants to. He's not saying I've done... All, he's not even saying I've done all I think I can do. I don't think I can, like, you know, I can hit it out of the park anymore. He's just saying that the, the work is drying up. Yeah, it's like there's not enough work because, I mean, obviously, like, a Rick Baker creature shop has to employ a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and it's just like financially not plausible for him to do it anymore. You know, and, uh, you know, a month or two ago, uh, there was a big Rick Baker auction. Are yeah, as of this recording. What is that, like maybe in August or the summer of, of 2015? Yeah, maybe. It was in the, during the summer of 2015. And also, like, there's another auction coming up that they're doing again. Maybe it's stuff that didn't sell or whatever. Because now it's like, because I got an email because I purchased something off the Rick Baker creature shop auction i just got an email where like in november they're having another one where uh it's less publicized and like they're giving like the people that bought shit in the first one like the first kind of like inclination that there's going to be one and he sound like everything that it's amazing the stuff that i put up on the auction block i mean there was lots of great harry and the henderson stuff there was a full suit full what the hell are you gonna suit. do with that <laughs> you know there was uh several heads you know um there were some of the heads from uh, the other Sasquatches at the end of the movie. Yeah. There was some, several, uh, there was a few hairy heads. There was gloves. There was uh, feet. Oh, yeah. Um, th- there was, like, the feet that they would wear, but there was, like, I'm not even going to say animatronic, but, like, prop feet that were, like, that you would put in the frame when you don't need to see. For, like, a close-up of his yeah, toes yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that move. So there was a lot of really cool, you know, when I went on and I, you know, I basically, I didn't really have to work that day. So I was home, and I think I even texted you. I was like, I sat there all day, watched the whole, I mean, the auction must have gone on for days. I, I, watched, a, I watched it, like, for several hours during the day, and I didn't, didn't even get halfway through, you know, the amount of shit that they were selling. Um, I mean, he literally, like, opened up a warehouse. And, and you think that this is stuff that he can part with. So you can imagine the stuff that he's, like, keeping yeah. for his baby. I mean, he had stuff, like, they had the the... the Mold of the the Rocketeer villain face Luthar. They had uh, yeah, they had gre- that, all, tons that. of gremlins, full size gremlins that are like animatronic that work, and all the gears, gizmos, remotes. They have all kinds of 
you know, Gorillas in the Mist, you could buy a fucking chimpanzee. I know. I came very oh, close you know, to a, buying a, like a fucking a, silverback. I, <laughs> yeah, I, a fucking silverback. I came, like, my, one of my favorite movies, a movie that I love dearly, and, and it, I, know, I know we've mentioned it in the past, but it's a movie that I feel like it's a little more obscure, Not there's not a huge fan base for it, is that Tarzan movie with Christopher Lambert, like The Legend of Greystoke, yeah. or Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, whatever the hell the title is, I can't remember. But I just, like, I love that movie, and... And they had stuff from that movie. And so, like, I really wanted to get something from that movie. Yeah. Because that movie's special to me. And uh, the mask I really wanted. They had, like, like the mask, the ape mask. The, that went for, like, a lot of money. And then I was like, fuck it. You know, there's a, they were selling, like, a full-sized chimp costume, like, in a mannequin, you know, display mannequin. But it was one of the chimp suits made in the, you know, made and used in the movie, like, screen used. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to go for it. Yeah, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with like a, like yeah. a three and a two and bedroom half, apartment. Like a four foot tall. <laughs> not, even, not even two bedroom, one bedroom it'd, apartment. It'd be even worse if you got like a uh, one of the mutilated gorillas from Girls in the Mist. With like, you know, they, they cut the arms and the, the hands and the head off. And you got and, you know, just a torso. And, I almost, and, you know, the thing was like I almost won it. And I could have won it. But like I'm bidding on it. And uh, I'm like. And luckily, I came to my senses. I was like, "What the hell am I going to do with this thing?" And I just stopped bidding. And then the next bid won. And it's the next. It's a great conversation piece, and that means you can even take it off the mannequin and get into it. <laughs> Wait for Halloween. Like, Ultimate Halloween. Door, yeah, for Halloween. Um, but the thing I ended up getting, which you, you're one of the few people that have actually seen it in person, is a is a, a very cool uh, gremlin design uh, maquette. Big clay gremlin head. Uh, life size. Yeah, it's fucking big. So, I mean, not like our size, but if you think of a gremlin, it's life size to the gremlin. And this fucking thing is It might even huge. be like a little bit bigger than like an actual it, It's a gremlin. bust. So, it's like the, it's like the, the, from like the nipples up, you know. So, it's like you have the shoulders and you have the, the head. And that fucking thing is huge. <laughs> it's you showed it to it's me. Way, it's, like, it's way bigger than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, it came in a packing crate. And I'm like, what? the fuck you look at this thing <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll put a picture up yeah well if we ever do gremlins or something yeah. that's it goes to the gremlins cast out of the saturday night movie sleepovers archive you know but it's like you know and they you know they had uh what from the 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 halloween karloff uh frankenstein commercial right there was, there was like, like a, a twix commercial where he, he used the head. the karloff likeness but the it was stored it was stored wrong i really wanted to get it but the nose was flat because it because was stored, it was, like it fallen, right? So yeah, for yeah. many years, it so it like sat on its face for a long time. So the uh, that was actually the mask, but the so the the foam latex had uh, flat, kind of flattened out in places. Or else I would, I really thought it was I would have loved that Rocketeer. Luthor. Oh yeah, I wanted to Got get. Rend- there was Rond- a lot of things that I had my eye on. You know, they, I mean, a lot of those things. You like, sent me the link to that, and it looked. It took me like three days just to go through like three pages of it because I know. it's just there was it has so everything. Much stuff. Did he do Dick Tracy? I don't know if he did, but it's just like. There was, it's like stuff you can't even, you, you completely forgot about. Like you're yeah, saying, yeah. Tarzan, like the Edgar Rice Burroughs. You're like, holy shit, I forgot he did Tarzan. <laughs> or it's like, holy shit, I forgot he did like, uh, yeah. there's some, I was looking at this. A lot of men in black Yeah, stuff. he did all the men in black stuff. He did some other. Uh, some thriller zombie makeups. <sighs> you know, there. I mean, all kinds of, you know, it's just you think about all the stuff and that he did. I, wouldn't mean, I would have loved to have gotten something from Harry and Henderson's, but it was like right away, I was like, I'll never be able to afford it. Like that stuff will just go for cheap. Yeah, and, 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 and we should always also say that this stuff wasn't going for cheap. It yeah. wasn't like it was like, you know, an eBay auction. I mean, even, like though the, even though the estimates in the catalog might have been like, oh, that's reasonable. I mean, that's an estimate. I mean, it's an auction. Yeah. So it's not like there's a price. Like, and you said some like, of them didn't even go for the 
right? Some of the S. The like that, the, the big monkey costume was estimated to go way more than like the mask I wanted. Yeah. But the mask went for like two, three times more than that ape costume went for. Just because of what it was, I guess. Yeah. It's I a mean, rare it was, it was, it was like one of the main. Uh, uh, masks in a, in a Twitch yeah. commercial. That's uh, something like Force well, Ackerman. That I don't know. I don't remember how much that went for, but I'm talking about like the monkey. Oh, like from the Tarzan. For the, yeah, the ape mask yeah. from Tarzan. Yeah, because there's some Edgar Rice Burroughs fan out there. He's like, oh, I'm going to, because that's the last, they haven't made a live action Tarzan since then, or the, Disney did a Tarzan yeah, yeah. movie with, uh, oh no, did they? Did they with, what's his face? What's the dude who's in the new Mummy movies? Wasn't that like George of the Jungle? Oh, you're right. It is George of the Jungle. Yeah, but okay. there was like a TV movie or something like Tarzan in Manhattan or something when we were young. Yeah. Anyway, but so we're talking about Rick Baker. Yeah, Rick Baker's. The, and he's the point the is, man. like, his make the going back to what we were, how we got off on this huge Rick Baker tangent. It's like unbelievable the what the expressiveness of Harry in this thing. I mean, you could literally, if if people had never heard of Harry and the Hendersons, you could. Dress uh, Kevin Peter Hall if he was still alive up, drop him, helicopter him someplace, <laughs> and he would scare people. Would, he would probably get killed because yeah, yeah. just like in the movie, people would go get high caliber, high gauge weapons and try to shoot him and bag him. You know, so this whole so Harry gets released. Uh, Harry runs away. John Lithgow is like, oh no, he's gone. What should I do? And then. The, the people in Seattle start seeing sightings of, uh, of it's not until, Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. But it's not until, like, he finds out that the LeFure... Yeah, played by the, the absolute great, evil, evil role, David Suchet. I, I, I love David Suchet. And he's he, fantastic, actor. Jacques, Jacques LeFleur. He's actually in the Tarzan movie. Is he? He has a very small part. Oh, that's interesting. Who is he? There's a point where, like, uh, Ian, Ian Holm takes... Tarzan out of the jungle, and they're gonna—he's gonna take him back to civilization because is, is it period or is it? It's modern, period, yeah. Also, oh, it's in the thirties. He's like they find out he's like the heir to like not a fortune, but like you know some kind of yeah. like British. See, I'm not up on the history hierarchy, of hierarchy. How Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote him, but it's like Jenna of the Jungle, where it's like yeah. you know he he cra- what he crashes and he's and he grows up with animals and then yeah. Well, in that movie, he he he. They crash. His parents crash. They die, and then he's. Uh, they live in the jungle, oh. and he's born, and then they die, and the apes end up raising him from from infancy. What a great freaking night, you know. And um, and like he'll go up to like where his parents lived in, like in this tree house that they built, and like look at the artifacts, like the pictures and stuff. So on an on an exploration. Uh, Ian Holmes uh, goes through the through the jungle and finds him, and the, he discovers that he's like the heir to some like you yeah. know uh, mo- you know like hierarchy of like, mogul you know no of like you know royalty oh okay you know and so um, he wants to bring him back, and then there's like this way station like between civilization and before you get into the jungle, which is like you know. Like Moss Eisley, <laughs> you know, and it's like it's kind of still like in the middle of the jungle, but it's like an outpost. The, it's like yeah, it's like your last thing of civilization. There's like a bar there, and David. I bet you some riffraff hang out of that bar. <laughs> and David Shusay, I think, is like 
like the owner of the bar, the bartender or something. But they were just, I mean, Passenger 57. <laughs> no, not Passenger 57. He's uh, Executive Decision. No, no. Yeah, you're right. Passenger 57 is that blonde guy. Always been on black. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, um, uh, Executive Decision, which he, I is see, the, uh, the other Die Hard to Plane movie. Yeah, I've only seen that movie once. And uh, we have a f- wacky story, which we shouldn't get into, about Warren Munson in that movie. But uh, he plays the – David Suchet plays the bad guy in that movie. And I don't, I don't remember if he – I think he might be English in the movie. But, you know, everyone knows him now. No, I think he's like Middle Eastern or is something. He, he's he plays a terrorist. A, oh, of so course. A he plays a little – he plays a little like, oh, yeah, uh, Middle Eastern. But, of course, uh, Perot. Yeah, he plays Harku Perot now. And it's, and it's funny because, he, you know, Harku Perot is Belgian. And uh, in this movie, he's playing French. But yeah. it's a very similar accent, so it's yeah. it's 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 interesting to see him because in in Poirot they must give him a, he's he not a fat suit but they give him something to round his belly out because Poirot is like a short guy and yeah, he yeah. has a he walks he waddles and Suchet's been playing him since like the middle eighties probably since this movie came out yeah, so it's yeah. it's it's so cool to see him it's like a guy who's playing Sherlock Holmes playing Sherlock Holmes for. 30 years or whatever so it's yeah. cool really you know you have, and then you have such a catalog of uh, Agatha Christie episodes that he's done as uh, Praro but it's funny to see him as, as a regular guy but sleazy and it yeah, looks like yeah. they really like they, they kind of made him you know they gave him 5 o'clock shadow they kind of aged him a little bit or they kind of made him look like he's unhealthy because he's been in the jungle and, and it's, it's he's, he's playing a real evil dude here but it's cool at the end because he kind of comes around you yeah, know? Yeah. It, it, he's it, great I mean it's actually a great cast John Lithgow's great in it yeah um I always liked him. I always thought he was kind of an underrated John Lithgow, and yeah. I think he's coming right off of um, the Santa Claus. Remember the Santa Claus with Dudley Moore, and uh, Dudley Moore he's playing the. It, it was a very uh, McDonald's heavy. McDonald's promoted it, <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. gave all like the Happy Meals out because they go to McDonald's, and it's like the mid '80s where uh, Dudley Moore is like the head elf, and he's trying to like get them to to stop. He, he's trying to bring like the Eli Whitney assembly line in, and they're like, "No, we can't." And he he, he does all these toys, and the toys end up breaking, so they recall the toys. So they kind of fire Dudley Moore, and he goes off, and he, he he comes to New York City, and the evil toy designer is played by um, John Lithgow, and John Lithgow is the evil toy designer. Yeah, and, and he played the guy by bad guy a lot. He's the bad guy in Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, in uh, Ricochet. Real good movie. He's the, he's the, love him in that movie, uh, but yeah, he's great in this movie. The the kids are great. The kids, Arnie's great in this movie. Yeah, and I can't think of other. I remember he's in an episode of the kid that plays Arnie's in an episode of uh, what's the Spielberg and Zemeckis uh, amazing, amazing stories? stories. I remember him being in an episode of Amazing. Is stories. he in the one with the one with the babysitter, the Jamaican I think babysitter? So, yeah, yeah. She comes and like the, she's like I think she, it's like him and Seth Green. Yeah, yeah, and they like that. Then she like whatever they happens comes up or like there's like jungles or whatever she's like she like yeah, yeah. has like some I sort of like that's that episode conjuring magic episode but he's great like we said david suchet is great donna michi is great donna michi was just coming off of he's in um trading places isn't he yeah yeah because he and was then, um uh, like, uh he was linked to john uh landis at the time because i wonder because when john landis got in trouble for the twilight zone movie he was going to trial while they were doing trading places and donna michi like he john donna michi kind of like credited John Landis was kind of like revitalizing his career so he was being yeah, like yeah. a staunch supporter so he was showing up every day at court saying he's innocent he didn't do what you said he did yeah yeah and then maybe that's the reason why he got this role you know because be. of the, the and, Rick Baker connection and then uh, he was also in uh, what's the movie with Steve Gutenberg they made two of them uh, Steve Gutenberg uh, Three Men and the Baby Brimley. Oh, Cocoon. Cocoon. He's, he's in, in Cocoon. Cocoon. Yeah, he's and also think of it Rick Baker does the special effects for Coming to America 
he's the one who dresses Eddie Murphy up and all that. And then as a little side joke, remember it's it's freaking um, uh, Ralph Bellamy and Don Amici, the bad guys in Trading Places. Oh, yeah, when yeah, when yeah. they're on the date and he gives he gives the bums the money, Eddie Murphy, and it's Ralph Bellamy and. Uh, He's like, well, Mortimer, we're back. Because <laughs> you know, they got the startup money. So that's another one of like, a, maybe it's a throw because of, uh, you know, the Don Amici, Rick Baker character. Uh, but everybody's great in the movie. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, Kevin Peter Hall. It was directed by William Deere, who, if you look at his film credits, like, he hasn't really... He's done a, he does a lot of, like, um, like, like kid movies. Like, he's done a lot of... He did that Into the Wild or whatever that movie was in the 90s, the late 90s with... Uh, the kid from Home Improvement, you know. Oh yeah, he did yeah. that movie. You know, he GTT. did. Yeah, he did like a <laughs> lot of those kind of like uh, you know, like like family movies, you know. Yeah. But you're right. He never really took off. He never really did anything. And it was uh, he like he directed. It was co-writer and co and co-producer of it. And then oddly enough, one of the other uh, writers, this guy named William E. Martin, um, there's nothing particularly significant about him in terms of like. In a, in, a, in, a, in a film world, but just like a fascinating guy. Because not only did he co-write this, but he wrote some other movies, but then he also was a songwriter. He was very good friends with Michael Nesmith from The Monkees, and he wrote uh, the song All of Your Toys, which was the first song that The Monkees recorded where it was like just them oh, as the musicians yeah, and the singers to, as, yeah. a, as a band. Um, he he uh, worked for a while with Harry Nielsen and, and co-wrote Rainmaker with him. So he, he so he writes movies. He's got this weird like career as a songwriter. Did he write the uh, the the uh, Joe Cocker song that they had in here at the end? I don't know. I mean, I know obviously that's co-written with the with the guy who did the score. Uh, Love lives on. Very eighties. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's it's uh, Barry Mann. Uh, Cynthia Well did the, the lyrics, and then Will Jennings also did the lyrics, and it was performed by and, Joe uh, Cocker, very but, 80s Joe Cocker. But also this guy, uh, William E. Martin, also voice talent. I think he might have, uh, he did the voice of, he was, he, I don't know who, but he did voices in Transformers. Wow. And then he took over after James Avery left the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He took over the voice of the Shredder. Wow. And he's reportedly also, like, the model for Harry and the Hendersons. Like, something about, like, I don't know if it's the face. <laughs> That's crazy. I, don't, I, I couldn't find a picture of him online, so I don't know what he looks like. They were but. trying to, they pitched it originally to the director, Deer, William Deere, as a, as a TV show. And it's yeah. funny because it ended up becoming a TV show. Uh, but I guess the guy's like, no, we can do this. It's more here than just a pilot. Let's make it into a to a film and they made it into the film and then the, they did a spin-off a TV show spin-off from 1991 I guess to 93 maybe yeah so they, yeah. that means they got a couple seats they got like three seasons out of the damn thing with uh, yeah, you know, Bruce I re- Davidson I remember when it was on but I never really watched same it same with me and it, it was, was on like at a weird time yeah and I don't rem- and it's like I don't uh, that must have been a grueling kind of a show like if you're you know I, I'm, Kevin Peter Hall played him for the first season until he died and then it was replaced by uh, Dewan Scott from 91 to 92 and then Brian Steele from 92 to 93 but it, that, that must be hard. every day you're getting into that outfit and yeah, yeah. it had to be a little more I think uh, uh, you know th- th- it had to be a little more functional than the than the, the movie outfit because you know you're going to be using it all the time if you're shooting yeah, yeah. you know you have to have that be a little more uh, I guess practical you know so you, does that mean they, they always had like guys on, like was Rick Baker not Maybe him, but was his creature shop? I bet you. Always on sure. hand, doing like all the, you know, like Rick Baker did the the makeup 
for the Beauty and the Beast series. Yeah, the Lyndall Hamilton and uh, what's his face? Ron Perlman. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he was there every day, but he, he like, you know, he designed the makeup, and I'm sure he had guys but, that were there. Every but day. that, you know, it, you know, at least you're putting prosthetics on it. With this Harry and the Hendersons, you yeah, have animatronics yeah. moving all the time, you know, and, and that that's also like, you know, you have people who are, it's like almost doing the Muppets. You have to have performers performing on the side yeah, sta- yeah. True, stages true. too. Too that's that's crazy, and it has to be. I guess you think the suit would have to be a little more durable. I guess is my point because yeah, yeah. you're not just doing a you know a set it and forget it on the movie set. You, this is a reoccurring show that was on for freaking three three seasons. <laughs> yeah, true, um, true. You said uh, what's his face is also good in it too. Uh, M Emmett Walsh, we love yeah. him. Another you, you brought up Blade Runner. He's good. Blood Simple. He's great. And I didn't realize that he's he only is. ten years older than John Lithgow, but he looks like he's a, he was always an old man. He's the guy in the jerk. Yeah. They're shooting at the cans. But isn't he? Does he also play the dad in the Flash TV show, which we did the pilot for? He, yeah, he might very well have. I don't remember, but he might I think very he well. He plays have. their dad. I'm he plays not positive. The, yeah, but the, we did one of the earliest yeah, sleep like the third, Saturday Night Sleepover movie uh, it's, it's, podcast, it's, it's, but way down the alley. Yeah, it was the third. <laughs> that actually the, might be around this time. Yeah, it probably was because it was right. Because we started in late September. Yeah, and then it was right when the show, The Flash, the new show premiered. We did the pilot from the 1990 season. Yeah, so it might have been right around this time last year we did uh, the pilot movie for The Flash TV show of the early 90s. And I believe he plays Barry Allen's uh, father in that Yeah, movie. the cop. Or uh, And then we said Melinda Dillon, who was, who was in, um, you said Slapshot. And She's in Slapshot. Christmas She's Story. Close Encounters. She has a quick little cameo in the Muppet movie. She's in. Oh, who's she? I wonder who she is uh, in the movie. Yeah, Christmas Story, and she's in the nineteen ninety Captain America movie. Wow, that's, which, that's which, one we'll get to. Which may be a, a sleepover movie that yeah. will happen at some. Maybe when the next, uh, <laughs> when the next Captain America movie comes out, maybe we'll do that one. Uh, Cross promotion. You know, it was it was it was very nostalgic for me to come watch this. You know, to think about the time, and I really, you know, and and it's also. Having being an older person, along with like seeing all the damage in the house, and my first reaction like, Jesus, how much is that going to cost? First, like being older, like you know, I, I cried everything now. So, like near the end of that movie, yeah, I was just yeah. like, when, he, when he's like slapping Harry to get away, I was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I was it going is, through, I mean, you know, it's, it is, it, it, it's a tearjerker. It's really a beautiful movie, and I think that's why I get upset when I find that like some son of a bitch was giving this baby a bad review. I mean, like, you know, really, it's... Really, what's not to... Yeah, it's it's slow. Like, look, the second act, I mean, there's, you know, the plots, you, you know, you, of course, you, you, you could say whatever you want about it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it, it has great messages, you know? It's it's one of these times where it's a PG movie that has shit, asshole, and everything else in it. <laughs> I'm surprised the kid's not looking at Playboys like we see all the time. But it's like... You know, it's it's got a it's like a positive message, and even at the end of it, you even have the bad guy, David Suchet, turns out to be like he yeah, turns I around. Mean, it's quality family entertainment. Yeah, I this mean, is something you could put on, you know, and it's like, you know, you could. You, this is something you know you're the the kids are going to get good. It's still good values from that they're going to learn that like this is not always the way to like shoot kill things, and you know, and it's fun and it's funny. I yeah. mean, Harry is literally. Funny. I mean, even movie. the little when dog. It's when, great when he's watching the Robert, the Ronald Reagan movie, and he's laughing. It's funny, and that's a shtick. That's also, I bet you, like a uh, like a little pie in the face of Ronald Reagan because he was a president at the time, and, yeah, and yeah. he's throwing stuff at him at the <laughs> camera, at uh, the TV too, and it's like a monkey movie, and it's very you know, I mean, it's it's just so it's so funny. I, I mean, it's warm. It's like it reminds you of your childhood, it, and it's like you said, it's like a family movie. It's not like. I mean, aside from the shit and assholes that, that yeah, happen yeah. a lot, it's 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 nice and warm. Everybody's great in it, you know. Uh, 
And at the time, and it's also what we've been saying the whole cast. It's a whole different take. I mean, at the time there was a great TV movie my wife turned me on to from the late '70s called Snow Beast, yeah. which was about a uh, like an abominable snowman at a ski resort that's killing people, and it was very popular. At the yeah, time. I mean, the, but the it's way like it's it's the it, way like the Yeti and Sasquatch had been depicted before this had had always been as they're a, they're as menacing, like a, menacing. You yeah, got, like starting from like the legend of Boggy Creek and yeah. like the '70s, like it's always been and really. For the most part, still, you know, still, yeah, I you mean, still get. You I know, don't there's really, one with like Lance Henriksen. That's although only a couple of years old, I know, which I haven't seen. There's a one I actually really dug from a couple of years ago called the the. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. Instant called the uh, Bigfoot Bigfoot tapes. Maybe Bigfoot tapes. Maybe it's called. I really like that. It's like a found footage kind of film. But there, there's a twist in that where you find out. And then also my pick is is kind of to that this week. But uh, yeah, they're always nine times out of ten they're always. Uh, you know, kind of, you, you, the most obvious choices, they're going to be a menace. You know, the animal, the unknown. It's, scary. Yeah. it's like aliens. You never, you hardly get aliens ever being like good. You know, they're never really here for a re- I mean, maybe like in Spielberg movies, they're trying to talk to Star you. Starman. Starman. But usually, and but that's also us being scared of them, you know, and what we do, yeah, we want to well, shoot and kill them. That's the thing. I mean, there's a big message. I mean, I guess it, I don't know. I'm sure we could cite examples that are more recent, but that seemed to be like a big thing in the 80s of like, Humans being shitheads, but ultimately not. You know what I mean? Like, Starman has that great line. He's like, you know what I like about humans is that, you know, you're at your best when things are at your at their worst. And it's like a very beautiful sentiment. I'm not sure I agree with it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there is like, as bad as it seems, as bad as humanity seems, at your core, you're good. Yeah. And I, that's a little bit, I think, of what's going on in this movie in a very small way. I mean, and it's very 80s, too. I mean, like at the end of it, even over the credits, you have like that ah, aha video. You know? <laughs> yeah, like the, the animated. Yeah, the dun, 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 you know, they, and they take scenes from the movie, and it's like, you know, they, and it's, it's a play on him being an artist, you know. So I would love to see even a sequel for this movie, like, yeah. a, like a John Lithgow sequel, you know. And it also has like that patented 80s early 90s although in the 90s it became more of a rap song but like that song during the end credits that was the, yeah the love lives on yeah, joe, joe cocker singing yeah and it's very period that song it's very 80s you know which is funny like that became a very big thing uh during that time so whenever you hear that you know and then like i said in the 90s it becomes more of like a rap song Hip-hop, um, like adam's family great score very like very much in that, like that John Williams esque kind of like Spielbergy type uh, by Bruce Broughton. Yeah, um, which, which they re released like recently. They they can't like in two thousand ten, eleven, twelve. They re released it a little more fuller with like I guess all the music cues in the movie. Who knew there was a big demand? We want the remaster. Is, I mean, you know, it is a beautiful yeah. score. Uh, it's weird. It, it you know. Here it's released in 1987 as Harry in the Hendersons, but in the United Kingdom it's released as Bigfoot in the Hendersons, you know. And then after that, every other release and even the TV show was then Harry in the Hendersons. Wasn't there like, where was that? That was in UK. In the United UK, Kingdom. wasn't like one of the kids Harry? You know, like oh the the, the, the princes, yeah, yeah, the Harry, yeah. Maybe that's why they so we can't have him be Harry. <laughs> well, he was, well, was he? I don't know if he had been born yet because he's the younger. There's William, and then there's Harry, and I don't know how old Harry is. Now, um, that's a good point. That's 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 good to know. I'm that's, to, that's, that's I'm just actually, trying to read into. It. I'm just trying to yeah, figure out why. why they, well, they always do weird things like that. They'll, they'll call things. Harry and Henderson starring Harry Dean Stanton. Jeez, you know <laughs> they hit Harry Dean Stanton and Harry Anderson. <laughs> and what's his face? Harry, what's the what's the, from Night Court? 
Harry. Uh, is that Harry Anderson? Oh, okay. Then what's the what's the comedian's name? That they used that they for he had a cartoon for a minute and then he did the uh, oh, Family Howie, Feud. Howie Mandel. No, not Howie oh, Mandel. Uh, yeah, he totally oh, Louis. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, Harry, Harry. Whatever happened to Harry Anderson from that Night Court show? Is he is he living off the residuals of of, uh, of Night Court? Yet? I don't know. That's a good question. That's, they never did he have Night another Court. show? We had another show after that because I remember. Oh, he was like a lawyer or a doctor or something. And it was like the theme song was some Billy Joel song. Yeah, I do remember that. That's a, it's almost like Empty Nest. You've, it's like you haven't thought of the show in thirty years. Yeah. Like holy shit! <laughs> you know that was a crazy show, Night Court. You know, or even a thing like that. Uh, yeah, so it came out the. Uh, I think it came out the same weekend as Beverly Hills Cop Two and The Untouchables. That's yeah. pretty. Uh, that's a pretty tough lineup, and it and it uh, came in Open third. Third, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, grossed twenty nine million point seven million. That's a hell of a domestically, right yeah, and uh, twenty million deme- uh, internationally. So almost fifty million dollars. That damn thing. Yeah, they said it was a, it was a modest success financially. Uh, mixed critical reviews. Yeah, well, I don't understand. Again, what are, what are you looking for there? It's like, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like I said, if you look, if you try to, if you look online and you try to find some negative reviews, a lot of it, a lot of them are like the schmaltzy Spielbergian bullshit at its best and all. The, I mean, at its worst and all this stuff. And it's like, lighten up. It's like, why do we have to be so cynical? I don't. I don't. It, it, that's right. That's why critics always get me. You know, it's, people always say, you know, a critic is someone who couldn't do it themselves. And it's like, why do you have to be so? mean and you know harsh about stuff i don't I, if you're listening to this cast right now and you're like these fucking guys i can't stand harry and that or something it's like well, i'm just gonna say you lay know off slighten up a little yeah, come bit. on man we need some love in this world you know <laughs> go watch fern gully go watch this everybody and, just needs to chill the fuck yeah out, we need to man. save the environment life would be man. a better place if we just could all sit around and watch harry and Henderson and enjoy and happy, yeah and be happy be good to each other yeah and to animals so, as well also bill and ted that's another movie we need to do bill be and excellent ted. to each other yeah and not not mount them on the wall but you know it, also i didn't realize too is that i guess there was some sort of mass campaign to keep him secret before he came out because hmm. I I, can see I watched the trailer and then uh, there's a couple period All of Frankenstein. Yeah, there's a couple period. Um, uh, you know, short little uh, making ofs they made like to promote the movie. One one of them is like interviewed by John Lithgow and he also voices over for the thing. It's like five minutes long, and you don't see. There's glimpses like when I first saw him, I was terrified. <laughs> I didn't realize it's like a lot of that, and then, then there's a lot of reactions from the movie of people like passing out or freaking out, and then they they cite um, multiple times the day they shot on the Seattle freeway that scene at the end of the movie that like they were like they went and interviewed the extras in the cars like his teeth were huge his, he was huge he was a fur ball he went <laughs> you know, like, like they're asked they're actually doing vox pops yeah, yeah. interviewing people like you know in their cars what did you think of him did you see him he's like he flew by I don't know you know so it's they must have been this huge even the you look at the original poster. It's just his two eyes, yeah, yeah, and like he's and like he's in silhouette, flower, right? yeah, and he's holding up, and he's just kind of like, and you know, they're trying to really express the eyes to you that, like, you know, and going back to Kevin Peter Hall, who sadly passed away in 1991. He 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 did. He was in Predator. He was in this movie. He was in the sequel of Predator. We talked about. It. He's actually cameoed on Night Court for an episode, uh, and he died uh, from AIDS. For, for, he got it from a blood transfusion. 35 years old. He passed Younger away. Younger than we are. Yeah, and that's just and look what you've accomplished already, you know. And I love the Predator movies, man. Those great. Oh man, Predator, we're you gonna know? get to that. Predator, pre- I lo- I'm I'm a big fan of Predator. Too. Everyone I know hates Predator. Too. I love Predator too. We'll do, maybe we'll do both. We'll do a double feature. We'll do a, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy talk right there. Uh, I'm even a fan of the the last Predator. Predators. 
the one with Adrian Brody that was yeah, kind of like yeah, a match. Robert Rodriguez I thought that was pretty good because I thought it was pretty decent. I like there's a lot movie. of throwbacks to the first one. So it's not like a remake of the first one, but there's a lot of elements that it's you know I mean the plot points and the, even the the score. The ones in the, uh, with Lance Henriksen with the pyramid and then the predator falling in love with the girl and then like the one where they're like in Washington and then I can take it, Alien vs. Predator. I can take it <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too into the Alien vs. Predator. You know, and it's, it's a shame because how can you fuck that up? You know, it's Alien vs. Predator, man. But they ended up doing it. So uh, what do you think for um, Sleepover Stars? I'll give it a bucket of pizzas. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm Sleepover Stars. What are you doing bucket of pizzas? I'm going to give this baby... Four bucket of pizzas. Wow, out of five. Okay. Well, I don't know. I love this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, it, but it's it's it warms like, my heart every time. Yeah, I it, it's 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 very Brings sad. I mean, look, this whole show is, has the, from the incarnation of the show. It's been a lot about, if not entirely, but it's at least mostly about nostalgia. Yeah. And this uh, transports you right back to 1987. This, like it is, you get right back to you know getting your DeLorean and punch it to 80 miles per hour. Yeah, and bam, and you're it's just some back serious in shit. 1987. And it's it's just uh, I just can't emphasize how it's just even though you know it may have its problems, but it's just so cool at the end that like you know when do you ever see at the end of the movie like the bad guy like all right I'm I'm with <laughs> you guys now. I mean you see that maybe in cartoons. Yeah, yeah. But you never see like you know he's like you it's know, a feel good movie. Yeah, every everybody comes around even as you know you, you never get to see like you know the bad guy. And say. it is you know and it is heartbreaking what like you were saying alluded to earlier when John Lithgow was trying to get him to go. Yeah, he's slapping. We don't watch anymore. I mean we I'm, I'm crying. I was like <laughs> yeah I was like. <laughs> You know, it's just and it, it's just sad. You know, or the realizations he was having with the animals. It's just, but you know, it's 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 good. The only thing I didn't, I, they they never really. You kind of, uh, Emmett Walsh's character just disappears. Yeah. So what are you, talking, you know, it'd be cool if you had one more thing of him. Like he's like, I I really quit or whatever. Or or he, you see him kind of come around for some reason. You know, <laughs> you know, some playing reason. the very like Jack Warden esque kind of a character. Um, I guess I'd give it like three point five. You know, it's a good, solid movie. I mean, you know, it's just it's one of these things where you, you, I, I completely forgot all the little, like, gimmicks until I saw it. And I was like, oh, I completely remember that. Him with the, you know, the the uh, the door frames and him laughing at the yeah, Adams family. It's all, like, the little... the flowers. Yeah, or, like, he's in the he's in the, uh, the, the cellar and it's in the, the you know, John Lefkow's doing, you know, yeah, yeah. exercises with the daughter. The daughter's, the daughter's like a bitch. yelling at him and he's like, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, you know, or the mother's yelling at him and he's listening to her, you know, and it's and the when dog. The, when, they, when she's putting the, the alcohol or, or whatever on the gun, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's like... <laughs> he doesn't even scream. He's like, just, are you sure we don't have anything that stings? Yeah. She's putting the, uh, the, 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 what do you call that side? Totally yeah. lovable. Yeah. Makes you want to wish you fucking had a Harry. Yeah, I know. It's a little uh, not very, uh, you know, ethical or whatever you call it. Like practical, but, you know, you know, you can only imagine the, the destruction he caused. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was real fun, you know. And, and you know, great performances by everybody. You know, you oh, know. great. I mean, I mean, just think about, like... I mean, John Lifkow just puts just almost a tour of force, and they even say that a lot of the... Rick Baker says, like, you know, he was inspired to, to boost up his... The, what they can get out of the mask by just watching yeah. John Lifkow. He's do so his, good you know. in this movie. Yeah, he's great I mean, in everything. think about the scene where he goes and he's trying to find him, and he they got the bicyclist that's... Oh, he's yelling at the bicyclist? Yeah, yeah. He's, and then, you know, the, for some... The only... I always remember, like, George Hen. George Hen. Yeah, and then they're all, like... Uh, you know, and I always remember that scene with the David Suchet in the dump truck. That whole scene oh, that's yeah, all yeah. real funny. All I on the, the back lots of Seattle, he, and when he's stuck in the when he's in the prison, 
Oh, they're so. all walking away because <laughs> he smells so bad. Yeah, they're all walking away. It's classic, funny. classic. Yeah, this it's movie you know, is classic. Yeah, it's it's good. I advised you get yourself a nice two liter of soda. Yeah, a bucket of pizza. Yeah, which I don't know. Remember what cast you need to allude back to uh, to figure out what a bucket of pizza is. Jesus, was it Batman? <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Uh, we, we and you sit it. down and you just uh, or some Jiffy Pop. Yeah. And you just have a good time. Get the kids. A lot of you, I know a lot of you listeners out there have your kids. Yeah, we're like preaching to them now. Come on, you got to sit down and get the kids. <laughs> it's like you, you're looking for, an old, you know, you want to get this movie. Maybe like Batters Not Included. You want to cry a little them, bit. <laughs> maybe you watch a little Harry and Henderson's and maybe you take them out for a little Bigfoot hunting. Yeah, don't bring a rifle. And no then, BB guns. And uh, you know, make them make some make some ki- some nice memories. Yeah, go t- get them outside. Get them to the to the forest, to the woods. Go camping. You know, then you can scare the shit out of them <laughs> <laughs> by telling them some sort of like you know creepy uh, campfire side story. So recommendations. Um, yeah, what do you got? Well, you know, the, you could go a lot of different ways with this movie. I mean, you could go with like the heartwarming family movie. Um, go evil, like we said. You could go evil with it. You could go scary. You know, you could go, like I said, heartwarming, not with Sasquatch. You could go scary Sasquatch. I'm going to kind of split it down the middle. And I'm going to go with the movie that I feel like got largely uh, ignored when it came out. When I saw the when I saw the preview for this movie, when it came out, it's a recent movie. When I saw the preview for it, I was like, they went into my brain and stole an idea. It took... <laughs> Took and I took it out of my head, and they made this movie for me. And I'm talking about 2008 Strange Wilderness with Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn's in it. Jonah Hill's in it. Justin Long's in it. Which one is that? It's uh, Steve Zahn plays the son of a guy who is a like a legendary like Jack Hanna. Is that the Ernest Borgnine plays the cameraman in it? Yeah, Ernest Borgnine <laughs> is in it. He's like the cameraman in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they go looking. They need this. They want to save their show. Uh, what's his face? Jeff Garland, Garland, the guy who plays the father in uh, Goldberg's, and he's on the. Okay. I think he's like their boss or whatever, and they want to save the show. The show's gonna get canceled. He plays the, the, the like the grandfather in the in the uh, the Goldbergs. No, he plays the father. Oh, okay, the bigger guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, they're gonna cancel the show, and so Steve Zahn's like, if we can get like a really fucking hot episode, it's like a wilderness. Uh, you know, like wildlife show. If we can get like documentary show, and if it's like if we can find something that'll really like spark everybody, maybe we can save the show. So they go out and they look for they look for Bigfoot, and it's funny. I'm sorry, it's funny. Yeah, I thought yeah. I saw it at the movie theater, empty movie theater. I was like one. I was by myself or like one of two people there. I think it's funny. I like Steve Zahn. I think Steve Zahn is funny, and it's it's a it's a silly Sasquatch. Well, it's right up movie. there. You know, it's like it's like we're, we're promoting it's got Ernest in it. Yeah, how can you go wrong? And it's promoting it's positive. One of his last roles, right? Uh, two thousand. No, he's. Did stuff after that. He, he, after 2008. Yeah, he, he acted right up until his death in 2012. He was there was a movie that was coming out in the theaters that he was in that uh that I don't think made it into theaters until he died in July of 2012. Uh, yeah, still, he worked right to the end. But still, it's not. Yeah. Uh, and it's, he's hilarious. Still, there's, there's, not a ton, like, there's not a ton of stuff. No, no. This but he's, he's, is he like snarky to it <laughs> to him and all that? Right? He's like he's like really like a dick to him. I remember he's funny in it. Yeah. And you know what? I'm gonna revisit this one because I haven't seen it in a while. But I just remember thinking it was really funny. But it's good we're going the pro pro Sasquatch. Um, my pick is a uh, is earlier. It's from 1957. It's a Hammer movie. 
It's called The Abominable Snowman. Uh, it's one of the first Hammer movies, maybe even the first or second, and it's uh, got Peter Cushing in it. And it's one of these things where they're going to the Himalayas to try to find a Yeti. And uh, I can't give you the... the I, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's a very good, rarely seen movie. And it, it's kind of like this movie where you, they have... You know, of course, a bunch of asshole hunters want to try to bag the fucking thing, and then it, it, it you know, the, the, uh, the, the, not the Dalai Lamas, but who are the, the people who live in the, um, yeah, yeah. you know, the missionary guys that live up there in the Himalayas? They're like, you know, we respect this thing. You know, they got, they got like a fucking finger in like a, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, yeah. you know, this is it, and they steal. Which they do have stuff like that, yeah, like scal- scalps and. But they, <laughs> they kind of like are like are the hand, yeah. you know, like a mummified hand. Do they say so? But the in the movie they respect it and they're like you know you're not supposed to be messing there's some things out there you shouldn't mess with <laughs> you know yeah, and, and Peter Cushing's kind of on the fence well, he's like you know he, his, his name is like friend in it like friend and he uh, he's just he just wants to go out there and find it as opposed to these guys he's going with yeah. like bringing like guns and he's like we weren't supposed to bring weapons and then it's a good twist but it's really good and it's freaky it's a good it's, it's freaky in a sense because it is a hammer movie but the end is very it's, it's, it's very poignant in a sense in not to give it away, but it's very much like this Harry and the Hendersons where it's like, oh, that's really... And then it's another thing where they keep... You know, you don't really see him until near the end, which is really cool. You kind of see Shadow or whatever. It's freaky. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, black and white, great early hammer, Abominable Soul Man. There you go. A couple of Sasquatchy, yeah. Abominable Snowman, good, good. Yeti. Yeah, look at that. We're it's covering all the bases. <laughs> you got a Yeti movie. You got an Abominable Snowman. Oh, that same one. You got this, you know... Uh, you know, we've already talked about the scary ones, the $6 million man, the MacGyver one, you know, so, uh, and I think that other one's pretty good. I like the one from a couple of years ago, the big file, because that's another one, not to give it away, but the, they're kind of good in the big, I Foot think Foot I'm Chronicles. not positive. That one might've been, tapes. that one might've been made by the guys that did Blair Witch. I remember it they might were very doing well. something. I think it might've been those yeah, guys. Yeah. It's got a cool twist in it. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So yeah, go check them out uh, and check out our website, you know, uh, SaturdaySleepovers.podwits.com. We do a lot of um, exclusive stuff there. We got a lot. Yeah, of we're going to have, like I said, maybe we can post the Rick Baker video. Yeah. There's also a, uh, I found a, a, a YouTube uh, user or whatever um, that they do audio books, which we actually found through a Facebook fan that they do audio books of classic film novelizations and I think they have one for Harry and Henderson. So somebody just reads the yeah. uh, the whole a whole novelization. Yeah, they read it to you. That's that's like a that's like you reading a whole fucking yeah. book. It was like, you know, we go and we we crack open my novelization collection and we, that's and and we just record it. <laughs> I mean, you know, but I mean like it's okay you're doing one or two of them, but that's like basically you're reading a book so a week or a book maybe a we month. Can post a link to that. Okay, wow. Because we did that with the black hole. We had like the it's one thing I thought it's just involved for you to do like the read along with the record. Yeah, yeah. You know, but no, this guy's reading like a 300-page book to you. Like, beep. <laughs> you I know? don't think there's any beeps. Fine, but it's just <laughs> <laughs> and then he's parched. His mouth's all <laughs> dry. And it's like, you know. And it's funny. I, I listened to the one for The Brood. Yeah. The David Cronenberg. How long are those? How long are they? Like three, four hours, you think? Some of them are like abridged and excerpts. And then a lot of them are the whole book. And, That's insane. Uh, yeah, they're like hours and hours I long. talked to... The, the, the people I work with uh, 
who, who've written books, they say the, the bane of their existence when writing a book, not even the book tour, it's going in and having to do the audio version of the book. That, they say it's just the worst, going in there and just reading the whole fucking thing. I can't imagine someone's actually, yeah. that's their niche. They're, they're, they have like a for fun. Yeah, like, they're reading it to yeah, you. Instead of a podcast, they're reading uh, an entire a, a, book. A 300 page, whatever. But it's funny because like, I, I was listening to the one for The Brute because most of the my novelization collection or horror, weird horror-related ones. Yeah. And then, like, something like this, or Howard the Duck, Ferris Bueller, something that I think is just, like, weird. And that's in this, this, that's in this, uh, in this, uh, field, or this, this park, uh, Howard the Duck. Yeah, yeah. The ones that I think are either, like, nostalgic-y family things, or ones that I just think are funny, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like, as a novelization. I just think it's a very funny idea. And then I have a lot of Car- John Carpenter ones. Have you read the Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No, I haven't read it. I wonder what, what the backstory is. <laughs> you know, there's all this kind of backstory. And then so, like, I, I have these Cronenberg ones, like Videodrome and yeah. Scanners and Rabid. And there's one for The Brood, because I personally love The Brood. Brood's just, great. Just came out on Criterion uh, yeah. Special Edition. What's-His-Face is amazing in it. So I was listening to... Uh, the one for the brood, just to see what it sounded like, because I discovered this, this, you know, this this thing has been introduced to us, and so I'm listening to it. And there's like, you know, it's not even like edited, you know, like he'll mess up and then start over. And then there's one point. Because well, think of how much post production yeah. have to go into that. You really listen to the whole damn thing again. But then like midway through, like he stumbles over something. He's just like Jesus, the typos in this book. <laughs> and then he just continues. That is that is like. That's like discipline right there. That that is dedication. <laughs> He's just like you Jesus know, Christ, all the typos, man. I mean, it, you know, it's like it's like he didn't even think about what it was going to go into. It. It's like you know, he took his favorite novelization. He took Batman. He's going to read that to you, and then he's like, I got to make this into a series. Jesus Christ! And it's like, what is? It? I think there's a you know, there's a couple of people that do it. You know, oh, like, so it's not just so. There's a whole community. <laughs> yeah, like or I, all for there's this a site. woman that does it. I think it's just like I think there's a site, and then they're all posted on YouTube. Wow, you know, but there's like a separate site. Um, but I think the guy that read, read the Brood one might also read the because, as far as I can tell, there's like a guy that does it and a girl that does it. Um, maybe we can post the check check on our special features. We'll have an exclusive yeah. link. To well, that, that's a, that's our point. We have what on our site uh, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. Uh, you know, if you go there, we have all this exclusive stuff and. Not always. It's not always YouTube stuff. Sometimes it's stuff out of the art. Saturday yeah. night movie sleepover archives. Got a lot yeah. of stuff that we own because we're eclectic sons of bitches. Yeah, you know. So we own a lot of weird stuff. That or we, like you, you know, know, interviews. Or interviews. Yeah. Or stuff we've that done we've, in the past. That we've done or, in other th- other forums. Yeah. Or, or, or stuff po- that we think is Yeah. Stuff that we think is related to this uh, to to the cast itself. If it's deleted scenes or whatever the heck. So check us out there. We're on uh, Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on... Um, Subscribe to us on iTunes. iTunes. We're on tw- a Stitcher. The we're website. Did we say it was SaturdaySleepos.podwits.com? That's our website. Well, we're on... Um, Stitcher Pod Bay. Pod Bay. We're Player on FM. Player FM. We're, we said iTunes. We're, we're at Sat Sleepovers. At some point, we're trying to get our shit together. At some point, we're going to... YouTube. We're going to post these all on YouTube. Yeah, with pictures. We're gonna Beep! <laughs> <laughs> So you can watch. Yeah, you can, you can, you can just you can watch. You can listen, you can listen to us, to us and watch, and just stare at that poster as long as you can. Maybe the poster will change. So, and then check us out in two weeks. We got another one coming up in two weeks, which is uh, going to be awesome. And uh, we're already getting we're already uh, we're on the home stretch that, for the for the for and the then year. We're going to hit the holiday season. Yeah, and then we're back into and then we're hitting 2016. Jeez, and then we've been doing it for three years.
If you count, you know, 14, 15, and 16. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like people say, like, you know, for decades. They've been alive for five decades because you're counting the decades. So, but all right. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you liked us. Tell a friend. Uh, write us, you know. Uh, like to thank the people who are writing in or liking us on Facebook and leaving comments and messages. Yeah, That's yeah, great. We love hearing from everybody. It's yeah. very cool. We love and taking suggestions. It's freaking awesome. You know, we love interacting with everybody. And, uh, you know, we're glad. We had somebody send us a picture of their video store. Yeah, that's great. You know, <laughs> we posted it. Yeah, we posted that in. That was going to be a series, which we never did another <laughs> no, one. Nobody else has that one. Yeah, we got to start doing. We got to start doing some more of those. We'll just start taking random pictures of video stores. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, it's a lot of that's a dying art form. The video store. Yeah, I know. There's got to be one in, uh, kind of like in 50 miles of each other. There's got to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, are, are there still video stores or? That's like oh, a question. Well, that guy's got one in Maryland. Yeah. I mean, and there's one up in Connecticut. There's a couple in the city here. So I wonder if I it's... I think they probably exist more in, like, small towns. Niche stuff. You'd think they would be, like, you know, Netflix would have beat them out. I, you know, it would be rare. Yeah, but it's like, you know, my mom's not going to watch stuff, something on Netflix. But she'll go to, like, the library. I was going to say, see, the, the library has supplemented. Some people don't know. That's, like, the secret trick is the there's, there's some that's the, that's the secret right there yeah there's some libraries that have a better you know because they got all kinds of funny they have a better collection like a video store ever had yeah. so you'll have you know you go to the library you get that shit for free as many as you want you know that's amazing there but I, I want to see if there's somewhere out there there's still a video store connected to like like a grocery store oh that you would know? be cool that would be crazy if you yeah. can find like a stop and shop with Rite Aid yeah Pathmark or Right next to like the flowers. Yeah, uh, freaking you know, price chopper, whatever, whatever your video store is. <laughs> next to the baker. Yeah, right. Yeah, right section. next to the bacon section. You have that little three where that where that the, you know there's some they're paying some employee who's like you know nicotine stained hands or. Which one do you want? Well, I'll go get it. Oh, video stores. Oh, awesome. Now we're getting all teary eyed. See. All right. Well. Anderson. Thank you very much. Hope you liked it, and we'll talk to you soon. Later.